But I just want to take us, just for the last time, to the book of John chapter 4. We're going to finish off this part of John because we've been going through John this year and if you have a look at the Gospel of John, it starts with this whole idea of revealing that Christ is the Messiah, that Christ is the Son of God, that Christ is the one that was promised. But after chapter 4, it appears that that John sort of ups the ante a little bit. He takes us to the next level, where we start to see the workings of this Messiah, Jesus Christ, the kingdom of God on earth and how it impacts us. And I'm praying, and I trust that you will pray with me, that next term we're going to be looking at going the next level. It's going to the next level with Christ, going to the next level with the kingdom of God. I really believe the Spirit of God wants to bring a freshness in this place. And you're going to hear that, and that's part of the prophetic word that you're going to hear from from Kyla in a few weeks' time. But I really sense that God is ready to pour a fresh oil, a new oil, a new wine in this place and taking us to the next level. But we've got to be willing to take that next level. And so I just want to finish off chapter 4 today because I think this is the important part of being in Christ. So up to now, we've started off with with, uh, the beginning of John where it says, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God. And we looked at the whole concept of that Jesus was the spoken Word of creation that came to earth and wants to speak life into us. And then we looked at how Jesus introduced himself to Nathaniel and to Philip. And then we start seeing him move towards doing his first miracle, but he did it in the quiet, and that was turning the water into the wine because he said, my time isn't ready. That was in a place called Cana. And then we moved from there. We started going, yeah, it's a good idea because I'd like you to kick that over and break something and it will cost us lots of money. Um, So then we moved from there and we find that Jesus then comes to the place of Samaria. And uh, and he meets this Samaritan lady. And at this well, we've done two messages on this already, but there's another little message, another little scripture in there which is sort of, bedded amongst chapter 4 that I think is important for us today and it's important because it finishes off the idea that Christ is the Son of God. He did walk on earth and he does want to live inside you and I. And this is where we go to. So let's turn to, if you wouldn't mind, turn to um, John chapter 4, verse 40 to 45. Let's have a look at this story. So Jesus has just met the lady at the well, and you might remember she has this discussion with him, and in that discussion he identifies the importance that he has come for the Samaritans, and if you've done the Bible course, you'll know the importance of even that and the significance of why the Samaritans, who were seen as being opposing Judaism at that time, and yet Jesus, who come from the Jews, has also come for the Samaritans. So it was a pretty important conversation that he has about worship. And then he, uh, he convinces the lady that he is the, he is the Messiah that we'll be looking for, and he has come for them as well. He has this conversation then with the disciples we spoke about last time, 
about what, what are you eating, what, what's the food that actually energizes Jesus. And then we find all these Samaritans. So she runs back, this lady runs back to the village. She tells everybody, I found him, I found him. He knows everything about me. And I reckon they probably all freaked out because they probably thought they know about you, they probably know about me. And they all went up to the well to find Jesus. And Jesus looks out into the fields and says, the, the fields are white under harvest. And then we come to this next five verses. Let's read it together. When they came to see him, they begged him to stay in their village. All the men came up. Jesus, would you stay? This is amazing. Stay with us, not those Jews. Stay with us. You've come to the Samaritans. Stay with us. So he says, so he stayed for two days longer, enough for many more to hear his message and believe. Then they said to the woman, Now we believe not just because of what you told us, but because we have heard him ourselves. Now we know that he is indeed the saviour of the world. All those people that we're going to tell about Alpha are going to say, I now believe not because you told me, but because I've discovered it myself. That's why we need to tell people to get to Alpha. At the end of two days, Jesus went on to Galilee. He himself had said that a prophet is not honoured in his own hometown. That's an important verse. If you're following today, just underline that. Underline that particular statement. A prophet is not honoured in his own hometown. Yet the Galileans welcomed him, for they had been in Jerusalem at the Passover celebrating and had seen everything he did there. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for scripture. Thank you that we can learn so much. I'm going to pray now, Holy Spirit, that you will speak to us, that you will challenge us, that you will draw us into deeper relationship with Jesus today. Amen. So here we go. How many people have still got the box of their Apple iPhone? Yep, you still got them? Yep. You still How many have kept the box to their Samsung? Come on, how many people, have, who has a Samsung? Well, we're going to pray for you. We're going to cast that demon out. Of, uh, it's a Samsung. <laughs> We've got it over here. Or your, or your Apple Watch. Or maybe some other nice, some other thing that you've got, gadget, that's come in really nice wrapping. I, I got some earphones. My wife bought me a few years ago. These earphones um, that are supposed to stay in your ear. It didn't realize how big my ears were. But it's supposed to stay in your ear, and they did. And it came in this amazing box. Isn't the box awesome? It's such a, I kept it. It's been in my drawer for ages. It's so good. It even has, look at this, it even has a magnet on the flap, right? That's the box for my earphones. And it's such hard paper, cardboard, look at it. It's nothing like just a cheap plastic thing. And look inside. Power your passion. Hey, isn't that impressive? I've kept this box. I don't know why. I think it's just because I think it's too good to throw out. But here's the problem. Ages ago, I lost my earphones. <laughs> so I don't have any earphones. But I still have the box. Because it looks so good. 
Someone's put a lot of work into that box, but it's useless. It's absolutely useless. Guess what? It's not fueling my passion or powering my passion anymore. This box does not play music to me. This box I can't put on my backpack while I'm walking and listen to music or podcasts anymore. It's useless. Everything inside it is useless. But the box looks great. And I don't want to throw it out. It takes up space in my drawer next to my bed, but it doesn't do anything. So I'm probably going to throw it out, but I don't want to throw it out because it looks so good. But here's the truth. The wrapping, the wrapping is not the headphones. The wrapping is not the headphones. All that wrapping does is promote and advertise in my house the Jaybird headphones. That's all it does, nothing else. But this is a bit like us sometimes. We spend a lot of time on our wrapping. We spend a lot of time on who we are. We spend a lot of time on how we look. We all look pretty impressive. Well, some of you. We look pretty good. But here's the truth. You're not your wrapping. Turn to the person next to you and say, you're not your wrapping. See, you're not your wrapping. Your wrapping is just what's holding the real you. We say it at funerals, don't we? When we go to funerals and we do the whole putting the... I, I, that's the one bit I don't like doing at a funeral, is having to press the button where the, the coffin disappears. Because you know that that's the most painful time. But before you do that, we usually say this body is now the, the worn out... Um, the worn-out garments of their loved one that's just passed away. It's just the wrapping. This is just the wrapping. Yet we spend all our time on the wrapping, trying to look good on the outside. Yet on the inside, that's where the great things are. That's where the real you is, is actually under the wrapping. You're not your wrapping. And this message today is called Stepping Out of your wrapping. So you're all going to leave the bodies behind. No, 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 no. You see, your wrapping has been put to you by yourself. You've looked around and you've worked out what looks good and what's going to attract people and what people want from you and what people's going to engage you, what th- what's going to look like for you. We have worked hard at putting wrappings on ourselves. That what you're wearing today has been desired. You've you've worked it out in your head what's going to make you look okay, right? You you didn't just chuck on anything. Some of you might have done, but you didn't just chuck on anything this morning. You considered how you were going to look. When you meet people, you've you've worked it out. You you hang around and you look at and you and we check out TVs and webcasts and Netflix and you've worked out what looks good and what doesn't. What's the right terminologies and the right language and the right way of speaking and the funny things because we've all working hard at our wrapping. But you're also wearing other people's wrappings. See, did you know that there's a projected um, wrapping that comes from other people. Psychologists tell us that we take the things that we don't like about ourselves and we plant them and we put them in a safe, if you like, in our brains. But those things are wanting to come out. So what we do is we see it in somebody else and that comes out and we, we see the negatives in other people. 
and we have a tendency to put names on people and wrappings on people. Oh yes, Steve's this or Steve's that. And we have determined what the wrapping is going to be. And hence, when we do that, what we do is that's how we will respond. That's how I will respond to you because that's your wrapping. I will respond to this because of how it looks. You're wearing your wrapping that you've put on, but you're also wearing the wrappings, the packaging that someone else has put on you as well. And yet inside, that's the real you. See, the real you is not your wrapping. But that's how we live out of it. Most of us live out of our wrappings. You see, when Jesus came along to, uh, to Galilee, interesting, he came along and he said this, he made an old statement. It's an old proverb. A prophet is not honoured in his own hometown. The word honour there actually means to have give value to or to esteem. And so what he's saying is that a prophet or a person is not valued for their prophecy in their own hometown. Why? Because the hometown has already worked out what the packaging is. And therefore... I cannot use that because I know you. So Jesus is saying that a prophet in his place where God, where he's grown up and people know him, uh, isn't valued. I wonder if we've valued each other. Because you see, in this place here, there's a bunch of wrappings walking around, but under the wrapping is the real you. And the real you has been valued. And do we value each other? outside of the wrappings we we as churches as christians are probably the worst when it comes to wrappings because we know how we're supposed to live and so we try and live that way and so we put on the christiany stuff and we put our wrappings i love peter Lyndon james last week how many people enjoyed peter Lyndon james yep he broke all the rules peter broke the rules he didn't read my policies when you get up on stage people see you so dress decently. He didn't read my rules. He had thongs on and shorts and a T-shirt. He even took his thongs off. That's true. And he had drawings all up his arms. He actually asked me, he said, Steve, how long do you want me to speak for? I said, I looked at his tattoos. I said, mate, you can speak for as long as you like. I'm happy. You can wear what you like, Pete. He said naughty things up here that... We weren't supposed to do because that's not the wrappings of a church. He spoke about stuff that we wouldn't usually speak about. Why? Because he took the wrapping off. Now you might say, well, yeah, actually he did have an image. He had the image that he was working with. But I want to tell you, Peter shared his heart because he took the wrappings off. I want to tell you that in this room here, We've got some valuable, amazing pieces of equipment, if you like. Tools, earphones to God, telephones connected with the heavenly realm. They're inside the packagings. You, you look around. There's prophetic gifts in this room. There's healing gifts in this room. There's love gifts in this room. They're all in those packages that are around us. Because you see, you're not your package. You are what you carry. 
And I think this is what Jesus is saying. He's saying, generally, and look at how how John says it. In the other Gospels, they all sort of look at it from a negative. A prophet isn't valued or isn't honoured in his hometown, so Jesus could do no works, is what it says, I think, in Matthew. And they look at it about what Jesus couldn't do. But John looks at it differently. He says, no, I see it from a different point of view. Jesus knew that that was so, yet he still went to his hometown and he proved it wrong. I want to tell you, Jesus shows us in this scripture how we can step out of the packaging that the world has put on us, that you've put on us, and actually be the person that God's called you to be, actually in your hometown where you're not actually honoured. And this is how we're going to do it. And this is how he did it. And I want to give you some thoughts right now because I think God wants this church. He wants me. He wants Steve. He wants his whole church to actually step out of the wrappings that we've put up. Those preconceived ideas about this is what Christians should look like or this is how we should act. To, to free each other from the packages that we've put people in, the boxes that we've put people in and let us come out. Let us come out. And just be, be the people that can bring transformation. It starts off like this. First of all, point number one. Jesus, he knew who he was. To step out of your wrapping, you need to know, first of all, how God and what God has made in you. I I got a feeling that sometimes in our Christian teaching, we all we, we spend a lot of time talking about how or what we should be rather than who we actually are. Because you see, we, we, we say, well, we're supposed to be like this, we're supposed to be like that. You know, you people are, are holding us back because they're judging us on how we look. But I got a feeling Jesus proved who he was. I love this idea because, see, Jesus left his hometown at the beginning of his ministry. So he'd been there 30 years. Everybody knew how he was. Everybody knew what he did. Everybody knew the mistakes he made. Everybody knew how naughty he was or bad he was. Everyone knew how good he was. Everybody knew him as the little boy that grew up probably in a carpenter's shop under Joseph, and he left that place as the son of Joseph. He left his hometown as the son of Joseph. And notice that he went to Cana in his own hometown still, and he didn't want anybody to know who was the person that changed the water into wine. Remember the story? If you look at it, it, it was only the, the, um, the waiter that actually knew and all his disciples, nobody else, because it wasn't time to show his hometown who he was because they couldn't receive him because a prophet isn't valued in your own hometown. So then he goes out. We're not sure how long he was out because John's gospel isn't chronological, but it does appear that he was probably on the road for two, maybe three years at that time. And he returns not as the son of Joseph, but he returns as the son of God. You see, many of you came from from places where you were the son or the child that looked like this, but you met Jesus, and now you're a child of the living God. And Jesus came back knowing who he was. 
He knew that he was a child of God. Do you know who you are? Oh, yeah, I know how bad I am. No, no, no. Do you know that you are a child of God? Do you know that you have been forgiven? Do you know that you have been empowered by the Holy Spirit to do works, good works here on earth? Do you know that you are much loved? Do you know that you, doesn't matter how damaged you are, you're acceptable. You are a child of God. Here's a couple of things I just want to just share with you before we go on. Is one of the things is how do I actually allow that truth to become in me? There's a thing that uh, they talk about in counselling called mirroring. And it's believed that in your mind, there's, we've actually got an area in our brain that actually mirrors. I don't know if you realise this, but it's a subconscious thing as well as a conscious thing. And you can be with somebody, and especially if you're wanting to get to know them really well, and if they started doing a certain behaviour, there's a very good chance you could do the same thing. So if you might be standing talking to somebody and they're leaning on something, and after a while, the more you talk to them and the more that your mind is wanting to engage, you will probably do the same thing. Probably a very good chance that you'll probably be doing it with the other hand, though, because it's a mirror. Did you know that, that quite often we mimic or we copy because our brain, and this is what they, I read in a blog the other day about mirroring, it actually said that subconsciously we want to engage and connect with another person. And so our mind is looking at ways of engaging and so we will mimic or we will copy or we will mirror the other person. It's a little bit like what the Bible talks about between a husband and a wife that become one. We start to copy and become similar in, our, in the way that we do things. You see, we mirror people. The people that we want to get close to is who we mirror. So how do we mirror Jesus? Well, here's what you do. Spend time with Jesus. If you want to know who you are, if you want to release the headphones that are in the box, if you want to drop the wrapping, know who you are, hang out with Jesus. We say it every week, and I know it sounds like it's a, it's a bit of a broken record. Records are those round things that you put on, you know, little marks there. But it might sound like we're, uh, we're just repeating ourselves, but it's the truth. If we don't hang out with Jesus, you know Jesus every day, he got up in the morning, and he went and spent time with his father, God. And that's why he could say, I only do and say the things that the father's told me to do. I have mirrored him. We are one. We are connected. We need to make sure that our time with God is regular. And it's not just a once-off a Sunday. We just don't, don't, don't do a, a big feed on a Sunday. We try and spread our meals out with him. Hang out with him. Listen to worship. Read books, listen to podcasts, do whatever you can to engage with Jesus regularly. Why? Because the more you do, the more you will mirror him. The more you mirror him, the more you become like him. The more you become like him, the more you drop the package that the world wants. It's not about doing, it's about being. Second thing that I find is important is look at who's mentoring you. It's once said that I know, I know who you... I know who you, what you're going to be by looking at who you hang out with. We actually copy. Who's mentoring you? Who's the person? A mentor is not a person that tells you how to live your life. A mentor isn't a person that coaches you on how to live a life. A mentor is one that walks with you in life. 
Sounds like a disciple to me. Jesus had disciples that walked with him. Who do you walk with? Because the person you walk with is the person that you will start to, to mirror. Who is it we're walking with? Who are you hanging around with? Are you hanging around with negative people? Are we hanging around with people that are always complaining? Are we hanging around people who are wanting to promote self all the time? Or are we hanging out with people? I remember someone saying to me, if you want a good mentor, Steve, find somebody who's broken before God and humble before him. Because it's not about how I live life. It's about who I actually am. And you find a mentor who works hard at finding out who they are deep down in the secret places. And you walk with them because we don't just want fancy packaging. We want the real deal. The, se- the third thing I find with, with mirroring is hanging out with Christian followers regularly. I, I, I'm confused. I do not know why. It blows my brain. That Christians, people who are believers, people who follow Jesus, are saying now that we only go to church every second week. And I go, what are we talking about? That's crazy. That's because we've become consumer Christians. We come if the speaker's good this week. We'll come if the worship is good this week. We'll come if I'm speaking this week. No, We'll come because of what I get out of it. But that's not what it's about. It's about hanging around with others and being the earphones and the headphones for each other. It's about engaging in the body of Christ. That's why we meet on Sundays. But we're all running around looking for the great church. Let me tell you, when you find it, you'll wreck it because you'll mess it up. You've got to... Oh, sorry. It's the phone. Uh, (laughs) That's embarrassing. So... (laughs) Turn your phones off. Um, (laughs) I want to encourage you. Regularly meet. The second thing that I find about if we're going to get rid of this packaging is this. Jesus went back to his hometown. Jesus went back to his hometown. We say, oh, we're stepping out of the world. No, 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 you're not stepping out of the world. We've got to step into the world we actually find out who we are we get rid of the packaging we know who jesus is and then we live where we're at church was not why is it the one thing jesus told us that he would build which is the church we all working hard at building it but the one thing he told us to do which was go into all the world we keep asking him to do it seems crazy we're the ones who are supposed to be going into the world. We're the ones who are supposed to be hanging out with your workmates. We're the ones who are supposed to be hanging out with your community. We're the ones who are supposed to be rubbing shoulders. We've got to go back and live in the world. He actually said, I'm leaving you to live in the world. I've last few weeks, I've really enjoyed it because the last year or a half, I got a bit caught up with, with things that are happening here and I had to disconnect myself from the community. And this last probably three or four weeks, re-engaged and I just love hanging out in Kalamunda community. I love hanging out with non-Christians. I enjoy it because I can be Steve without the packaging and I can actually know my Jesus and I know he's called me and I can actually just live there as a child of the living God. We've got to be in the world, people. 
We've got to know Jesus, know who we are, don't be afraid of it, and we've got to be in our community. The community is crying out. We've got a world that's crying out for the church, and we're stuck behind our four walls, and we do Christian stuff on Sundays, and we go out on Mondays, and we're a different being because we put the packaging back at church, and then we go and be something else. Find out who we are. We are children of the living God who are supposed to be in our hometown, in our hometown. And then the third thing I find as I look through this when you discover who you are and you live that out in your hometown, lives are transformed. Look at this story. Jesus now has gone back to his hometown, right? He says he goes back to his hometown. And then this nobleman probably not even a Jewish person, comes up to him and says, would you help me out? He comes to Jesus. Why? Because he's heard of the things, he's been, his reputation went before him. And Jesus was just Jesus. <laughs> and a miracle happens. I wonder if there's a miracle about to happen in your hometown, in your workplace, in your community, in your neighbourhood, because you take the package off. We become who we're supposed to be. See, the prophet was not honoured or valued in his hometown, but Jesus proved that wrong by going to his hometown. And people came to him because they saw he had something that they wanted. I spoke to a young lady a couple of weeks ago. And she said, see if I can get this quote from her. Um, she says to me, Steve, I don't want to be the person everyone thinks I am. I don't want to be the person everybody thinks I am. I said, you can be the person that Jesus thinks you are. Because we're the person Jesus thinks we are. And we're real <laughs> and we get rid of this stuff, you know, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll say things wrong and I'll do things wrong and you can correct me and it's okay. I just don't have to, I can work hard at trying to please everybody, but I'll miss the real value because I want to be the person Jesus wants me to be. And I'm not doing a very good job of it sometimes, but I've got to get rid of the packaging that everybody else thinks you should be. If we could get rid of some wrappings, if we could get rid of the packaging and just be the person Jesus wants us to be, wow, lives are going to be transformed all around you. I'm going to get the worship team up here. Because I think that uh, we've said enough, but I want to tell you right now, you're not your wrapping. And some of you are carrying comments that you've put on yourself. You're carrying guilt of stuff that you've done in the past and it's holding you back. Or maybe we're trying to pretend that we're something that we're not. Someone said to me the other day, I was, um, I was nervous about speaking somewhere, and they said, Steve, just be yourself. Don't try and be someone else. Those words rang in my head. You know, we, we try and be someone else all the time. We listen to great speakers or we listen to hear great stories of great Christians and we think, wow, that's what I've got to be like. And we try and be like that. 
And Jesus is going, will you stop working so hard? And let me make you who you want to be, who I want you to be. I'll make you who you want to be. Just, just, just hang out with me. Spend time with me. Hang out with others that will walk the journey with you, not tell you how you're supposed to be. And then live in your hometown. And you see lives transformed. You see God giving you words for people. You see people seeing something in you that they want, not because of ha- that you've put some great packaging on, but because you know, you know him. I'm going to ask you to stand right now. And the team are going to lead us in worship. But just close your eyes for one moment. And I'm going to do something that we should do a lot more here. But I want to invite you. To come to Jesus. Ah, oh, I did that years ago. Uh, have you? Have you come to Jesus or did you come to religion? Have I come to Jesus or have I come to a group and tried to live like everybody else? Or have you actually given your life to Jesus? Have you said, I don't want the package, I want the person? I want to stop trying to pretend I'm something when I'm not. I just want to be honest and open before him today. Because here is the truth. And the truth that will set you free. Jesus died for you and for me so that we would be the creation that he made you to be. He didn't die for you to become religious. He didn't die for you to become holier than thou. He didn't die for you so that we could, he died for you that you might be the person, the new creation he made you to be. That's why he died. He wants you to be a child of his. So if you want right now, if you want to, for the first time maybe, or maybe it's like, might be the first time that you've really done it, give your life to Jesus and say, Jesus, I want to be, I want to be a new creation. I just want you to raise your hand right now because we're going to pray together. That if you want to give your life to Jesus, no one else needs to know. It's just except for me, and I will we'll follow you up afterwards. But if you want to say, Jesus, I want to be that new creation. I'm sick of the rapping. I'm sick of, of trying to be something that I'm not. I just want to be a child of God. Just raise your hand right now. Okay, and then what we're going to do is we sing this song, I come to the altar, I think we're going to sing, is that right? going to invite you. As your eyes are closed, just imagine the wrapping that you've been trying to live in. Maybe the, the names that have been put over you have told you that you're this or you're that. Maybe the words you've been telling yourself. I want you just to sort of take 
and peel that name and that wrapping off you. Just imagine you're ripping that, that off right now. And you put it to the ground. Maybe you've been carrying the criticism of others. Just take that off because that's not you. Take that off and put it on the ground. Maybe you've been taking the opinions of others. Just take it off and put it on the ground. And now come to Jesus. And hear the words. I've forgiven you. I accept you for who you are. I love you with warts and all. I love you not because you're perfect, but because Jesus is perfect. And right now, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you put a fresh calling on each one? Because I believe there are parts, there's gifts of the Holy Spirit in this place that need to be freed. As we come to you, broken and empty.